Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. I am your host, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. You can find me on LinkedIn and on TikTok, y'all. I just, at Packaging Pastor, Packaging Pastor just went over 10,000, 10,000 followers, 100,000 likes, couple million views. Let's give it a solid... Yeah, man, it was crazy. TikTok is crazy over there. Hey, I got to sit down and use my fancy new air horn board with uh, with Saloni Doshi. She is the CEO and Chief Sustainability Geek at Eco and Clothes, and I interviewed her in person back in December uh, in Louisville, Colorado. And I wanted to make a point. We make no mention or reference of uh, the houses that were lost or the fires. Eco Enclosed is really close to where those fires were. And so if you if you hear me mention that we're in Louisville and say nothing about what had happened there and the devastation that community felt, it's because it hadn't happened. We record this prior to that. So uh, I really hope you enjoy this. Eco Enclosed is an awesome company. You can go to Eco, E-C-O, Enclose.com. That's E C O E N C L O S E.com. They are your one stop shop for eco friendly shipping supplies and solutions. Listen, they offer the world's most sustainable packaging. And they, it's not just sustainable, B U L L. They really, really dig in and try to find the best solutions for exactly what it is you need. So please go check out what Saloni and her team are doing over at Eco Enclose at ecoenclose.com. And now let's hop to it. Let's get into it. Here's my interview with Saloni Doshi. All right. Live. <laughs> Live podcast time here Live. at I am in lovely Louisville, Colorado with Saloni Doshi from Eco Enclose. And this is my first interview with this podcast board live and on site. So I'm very excited to use my newish thing all for this moment. It's very impressive. I'm excited to be part of this. <laughs> it's something. I don't know what it is. Uh, it does have, uh, if anyone wants to humor me here uh, on, on this, this, this will end up in a podcast. It's got it's got uh, sound effects on it, I think. So yeah, I can do like this. Can yep. you distort my voice? I don't. There's. I don't think we've got. Uh, I don't think we've got. What is that? Auto tune. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know to press that button if things go awry. Which yeah. What, whatever you just did to make that sound. You could effect. you could. So if it's like a bad answer, we'll just. Perfect. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for everybody who had to listen to that on the podcast. Uh, but Saloni, I'm super excited to be here. I've heard just so many great things about Eco and Clothes. Uh, I'm, I want to hear about you and is it Kyle, right? You and Kyle and how did you end up here and all that good stuff. Uh, but let's talk about, well, let's just get into that part first. So uh, you and Kyle are married. Did you just like grow up like I want to get married and start a sustainable packaging company the opposite no that's okay <laughs> yeah so I mean let's take it back we met in college we our careers were fairly divergent for a lot of time um he has a career in sort of finance and that's his background I had a career first in like management consulting and then I like went deep into social impact so okay. I was 
at Teach for America for a long time. And then we did actually both go to business school together with very, very different thoughts on what we wanted out of it. And I really focus on social enterprise. Okay. And so after business school, like started a, um, now looking back, it was never going to be successful, but I was very proud of it at the time, like a social enterprise to bring um, healthy food access to low-income communities. Did that for a couple of years um, with a girlfriend of mine and learned a lot. It was yeah. an abysmal financial failure, but it was a really great experience. Um, and then I went into like sustainable agriculture. Okay. So I like, would go to farms and try to help these farmers move from conventional um, conventional agriculture to more organic, sustainable agriculture, you know, polycrop agriculture and what's the business model, all that stuff. So like applying a little bit of business acumen to how do you move agriculture to more sustainable production methods. And then like Kyle got into a place where he's like, I want to buy a business. Hmm. And um, he his father owned like a plumbing and heating company in the little town that he grew up in. So okay. he's always like wanted. Was that on the East Coast then? Southern Illinois. He's oh. from a small town in Southern okay. Illinois. So that's um so he, he got into this like mindset of this is what he wanted and honestly I I had a vision that I was gonna have to financially support his passion for a long time. Um but as we started looking for businesses, this eco enclosed was really small at the time. It was like four people, one product line, started by this woman, Erin Kimmett, who started a cloth diaper company called Thirsties. Okay. And she was like, oh, how do I ship these cloth diapers and um, really bad poly mailers that are made from China or made in China from like virgin plastic and I'm trying to ship cloth diapers. Right, right. Um, so she figured out this way to get or work with the manufacturer to get recycled content into the poly mailer and turned it into eco enclosed. And then basically was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not my aspiration to run this business. Right. So she, he found it and he was like, this meet, met all of his like, sort of financial criteria and it was like a calling to me because it was like met my sustainability passion and so right. because we found eco enclosed it sort of became something we decided to do together okay how does one find a business to buy like as a person who's never just been like <laughs> i would like to buy a business please i like i can buy like we've talked about sneakers yes. I, you're I, very good at buying sneakers i'm the best <laughs> uh not the best uh but you know i can buy packaging i've been a packaging buyer like i understand yeah that but there's there's no like craigslist for like there actually is oh um, sort of yeah so i'll say um i'll just nerd out for a little bit in business Please. school there's a concept this is a packaging well. podcast <laughs> it is made for people for to nerd out um there's a concept that's very becoming very popular in business schools it's called like a search fund you probably heard of it where no. you basically like a person will say like inst i'm going to become a fund and that person says, okay, I'm going to find like three to five, 10, whatever investors who say, hey, you, so-and-so, you, so -so, you started a search fund. If you find a business, we will invest our money in helping you buy this business. And then you're going to go operate it, grow it, and likely sell it to a private equity company. Mm -hmm. That trend was sort of happening in business school. And I think Kyle, so to speak for him, like saw that and was like, that's the opposite of what I want to do. Like I want to own and operate a business that A, is small enough that like I can somehow buy it myself and be like, I don't have like a bunch of investors behind me, like I can own and operate it. And so because of that, we were like, okay, it's got to be tiny because we, we don't have any money. If we're yeah. going to sell or finance it, we're going to get a little, you know, it's going to be really hard to buy something that's big. So we knew we were going to buy something tiny. And then when you live in that world, there's like a bunch of broker websites. Like you, it's like literally buying a house. Interesting. But instead of buying a house, you, it's like buybizsell.com is one. Oh, wow. There's, there's actual <laughs> like Craigslist. <laughs> yes. Because I know like in Utah, we've got this KSL, which is like yes. the place to go. Opposite of what we're doing though. Because KSL is I think a little bigger, right? No, no, no. Well, I don't know. KSL is like the, it's like the Craigslist, like the classifieds. Oh, okay. And there's a place on there, but it's like, you know, you can buy this, uh, 
coffee cart or you can buy this food truck or whatever it is, but not like I have a packaging company and I need to like, I just would, I, I'm sure there's all sorts of places to go, but like if you had a four person eco enclosed and you were like, I need to sell this, I would have no idea how to tell how to somebody it. to like, yeah, go find a buyer for that other than like friends and family. And so what you do is both similar to buying, selling a house. So Aaron met this random set of like bro- business brokers at some naturally bolder event. Oh, got and it. And they put her business, they make like a book on her business and then they put it on buy, buy, sell. We get an alert. that's like, <laughs> you're looking for a business to buy in Colorado. That's like this big and it and meets your criteria. Why Colorado? Um, we had lived, we had moved out here when we were like in our late twenties okay. and just like loved it. Um, you know, lived the Colorado life, um, Callis and family out here that like brought us out here. And it was like, we came from Manhattan and it was the, the right pace for us. And then we went to Chicago for business school for two years. And after about three months in Chicago, we were like, we're coming back to Colorado. Got it. Come hell or high water. We're coming out here. So yeah. We did it. And once we moved out here, we had jobs out here. I was running my that food business that was not successful out here. Yeah. Um, and I think we were like, this is where we're going to stay. I want to raise a family here. So also when most people buy businesses, they have to look nationwide to find something that meets their criteria. And we just said like, if it takes us three years to find the right business that's here, that's what we want. Got it. Um, there is a, uh, like we were talking before, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big like hip hop fan and there's a hip hop artist who has a, a lyric that you can hang on to now from your previous, uh, your, your previous venture, uh, his name's Show Baraka, and he's got a lyric where he says, uh, why ain't there no Whole Foods in the hood? All I see is fast food here. Can't we eat good? <laughs> and so had I was like, oh, my, you... Had he been my spokesperson, we may have been... Successful. You may have made it, yeah, yeah. Well, Show Baraka, if you listen. Chelsea, um, if you're listening, it was a good run we had. <laughs> <laughs> just, needed, yeah. just needed that. Uh, well, that's great. And, and, and how long have you guys owned Eco and Clothes? Um, six years. Okay. Yeah. And it's obviously grown from four people. You said there's 65 yeah, or so. Yeah, we have 65 employees now. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride. I think some of it is, I would say, a small portion of it is like due to us, but a lot of it's just the industry. I mean, it's e-commerce, sustainable packaging. Both sustainability and e-commerce have grown, and I think, I think we've done a nice job like trying to make sure that we're like at the forefront of that and like we care deeply about sustainability. So if anybody's out there, any business is out there and they actually care, hopefully they find us. Right. So we work with them. Yeah, it's hard. The the whole, I mean, you guys are probably like me. We're just at the kind of the, the forefront of sustainability. It feels like everybody should know about it until you start talking to people about it. And they're like, like I've shared this on a podcast before, I'm sure. But like I had a guy that I was who's, you know, pretty well off businessman who told me that he just throws all of his trash in his recycle bin and hopes. And and then when that's full, he fills up his trash can and nobody had told him that that was a bad idea, right? So it's not, it, is it his fault? I, I don't, I mean, I didn't get a whole lot of education around sustainability, around recycling, around end of life, all this stuff when I was growing up. So I don't know. But the fact that that is still a very prevalent thought mm-hmm. is understandable and also like, wow, there's a long, there's a long way to go in this. And, and I even think a lot of brands, candidly, are not fully aware of just how impactful their decisions are when it comes to selecting, you know, packaging, whether it's primary, secondary, shipping, industrial, whatever it is. Like, Yeah, I mean, that's what we're seeing. It's interesting. It feels like a brand, if they do it well, 
has like a real chance to actually fix that education gap, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't live in a country where our government is necessarily going to fix it, right? We have highly decentralized waste management, so it's hard, hard to fix right. that at that level. But I do wonder, like, I mean, what if Amazon took it on, right? To say like I'm going to with every package like deliver a message to my customer of like how to recycle properly or something yeah. like that. There's just no opportunity there. Yeah, and. You, you say that with the government, like there, there are a lot, there's a lot of movement towards extended producer responsibility. Totally, totally. And if EPR really catches on and it's not going to take, I don't think it would take much. And, and I'll be totally honest. When you look at the EPR bill in Oregon versus the one in Maine, they're totally different. Totally different. So who knows what's going to actually happen with this whole thing, but it's, it, it's certainly not becoming less important over time. The, the right. e-commerce is not going away. Sustainability is not going away. And so here you sit at the forefront like, oh, we're here. We've been here for a while. Trying, yes. yeah. Do you have a lot of people who reach out to you and like, thank God I found you guys. I had no idea where to go. And Yeah, especially like three, four years ago. I mean, we'd always be like, oh, I can't believe I found you. And then we've tried to work hard at being like a one-stop shop like you don't have to go elsewhere for other things Mm -hmm. and then perhaps to a fault we really try to give a lot of content and education on our website so I think a lot of people are like thank god you have that content and I can sort of immerse myself in it we've also gotten the flip feedback that's like I don't need so much content just tell me what to do right but yes I certainly we certainly get a lot of people that are like I thank god I found you Um, more and more I think we are having to like sift through some like complicated messages you know there's a lot of like you know conversations around PLA packaging or this other mailer and is this mailer does it care does it matter if this mailer doesn't have recycled content as long as it's curbside recyclable so I think there's enough people trying to sort of enter this space that we're actually now having to like clear up muddy waters in a way that we weren't three four years ago yeah no doubt it's uh the the waters I, I feel like are still pretty muddy, you know, and the from from my perspective, at least the thing that's been encouraging is that I'm finding that there are more versus like when I got into packaging, which is now almost 15 years ago, where when sustainability was just sort of a thing, it was like this niche little product category. And so some people would be like, can you just make us look like we're green? Because we, we know we can't really afford to actually be green, but can you just kind of like mm-hmm. tell us what we can put on there? And okay, uh, and now it's like that. We don't. Social media blew that up, and brands are getting put on blast for stuff. And um, so, are you do do people when they come to? Well, first of all, why don't we haven't even gotten to this? What does Eco Enclose do? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I don't know. Maybe don't just know. Uh, here we got we got busy talking. <laughs> uh, clearly, you're in sustainability and e-commerce, and people can go to is it ecoenclose.com. Yeah. People can go to ecoenclose.com and look it up. But yeah, what do we do? Like, what is our business? What do we actually sell? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I just I just got the tour, so yes, like I'm yes. in my head. I'm like I already know this yes. information. Yeah. Um, but I realize people listening to this don't know. Yeah, I guess. What do we do? We, at a very simple level, we sell packaging. Um, so if you're a, a company that's as small as like an Etsy shop that's maybe like just selling jewelry in your basement, 
um, to, you know, you're a large, large brand that's selling like millions of orders a month, like you can come to us and we can work with you to like figure out what's the right packaging for your functional needs and your sustainability goals, and then get it to you in the way that makes sense for the volume of business that you are. So if you're that Etsy shop, you can buy a bundle of paper padded mailers that are 100% recycled and curbside recyclable, and you can buy like 10 at a time. And if you're um, like Ritual, which is a big company of ours, you know, that sells like thousands upon thousands of vitamin subscriptions every month. You mm-hmm. get like a much differently designed, beautiful mailer because they're that large. But we yeah. can sell you at any at any volumes. I think the crux of what we do from a value add perspective is like we're not just selling packaging. We're like really designing and trying to make the packaging better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got this sort of heady, I would say, this is a feedback, like, sustainability framework around, like, what does it mean to make packaging, like, the upper echelon of sustainability? So for us, it's, like, as much post-consumer waste as possible, made in the USA, as recyclable as possible, inks, adhesives, all that stuff. And so it's, like, okay, we look at every mailer, and we're, like, okay, how can we make this better? So, Mm -hmm. for example, a paper mailer could be 100% post-consumer waste made right down the street and curbside recyclable but maybe it has like a release liner that's virgin paper so how do we get that virgin paper release liner to become 100 oh yeah so it's like how do we constantly work with our manufacturing plants to make these things better and better and when people say no you can't do that like that doesn't exist okay well we'll we'll figure out like somebody can help us figure this out this is not rocket science we can figure out how to get recycled content into it it's all about like how do we make sure our products are constantly getting better um, so we're pushing the envelope, pun intended, towards like an ultimate vision of. You've said that before, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Any, man, we all have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, so ah, so that. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're right. And the 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 difference that I noticed when I was uh, when I was kind of getting the tour, and it, it, it surprised me because if you've been in the packaging industry for a while you know that there are sort of like segments of people in the packaging, companies in the package. So there's like, you've got designers, you've got manufacturers, then there's like distributors, and then there are brokers, and then there's like, there's like levels to packaging. Um, And so I, in my head was thinking, you know, you guys are going to have this great warehouse, you're gonna have all these sustainable things, and you were distributing them. And so I was like, pleasantly surprised to see like manufacturing equipment also back there. Um, so I think that's really important for people to know that when they're contacting you, it's not, and I, you know, a lot of people I know are in like distribution packaging. So I don't mean like just a distributor, like that's some sort of awful wicked right, thing, right. but it is important to know that there are things that they can go order that you are, you are making here on site, right? Yeah, definitely. And we print it on site as well. So, mm-hmm. so we print, we custom print and then we manufacture our boxes on site. And then I, I think that probably helps us also have like a, sensitivity to like the complexities of manufacturing that somebody else might not have Um, and then I would also say that we don't just like even the products where we work with a manufacturing partner um, that's not just like oh manufacturing partner makes a product we'll just sell it it's like we call them and we say hey what would it take to get 100% post-consumer film converted Mm -hmm. into a mailer that's our that's our mailer if you can do it we want that mailer or what can you do to get again this I know it's sort of silly. The re- yeah. release liner with no, it's totally true. Recycled content, so it is a lot like the same way. We always say like the same way. Patagonia like is maybe not manufacturing all their products. They're the ones designing it and making sure that the like everything, all the components of it, it meets their environmental and functional specs. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing with our packaging. Yeah, for sure. And now everybody knows that my ringtone is "Hey Ya" by I Outcast. It. I love it. I was so, expecting there you exactly go. that. That's... <laughs> I thought you'd be a little newer school, actually. No. Okay, all old school. No, I am a 
I'm a child. Like I'm a child of the '90s. I was like I was born in 1980. I didn't care anything about pop culture. I know virtually no pop culture references from the '80s. I didn't watch anything. Like don't talk. I don't know about Star Wars that much. I don't know about whatever Raiders of the Lost Ark, like none of that stuff. I just, I loved basketball. That's all I did. Basketball and nineties hip hop. And then I got into hip hop in the nineties and, uh, it was it. So I'm still kind of stuck there a little bit. I don't know. (laughs) Your poor children. (laughs) So funny story. And we'll get back to packaging. Um, but I was taking, uh, like we were talking about basketball and I was taking my son when he was in seventh grade to a tournament in, in Idaho and his friends were asking for different music, but it was all like old school hip hop and they like knew all the words to it. And then he like looks at me and he's like, you know all the words to this? And I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you about this. And he like afterwards, he's like, I can't believe you've never played that for me. I'm like, I tried to play that for you and you just wanted to listen to stupid Drake or was whatever. Was embarrassed or proud when you could sing all the words? He was pretty proud. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Because then I was like making the recommendations. I was like, this isn't going to last long, but right now. I'm a pretty cool Is dad. Is that the same son who came to you and said, I, my dad's famous? Uh, no. Oh. No. No. That's my six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> my 14-year-old knows better. He's like, it's just a packaging podcast. Calm down, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So what um, – so getting back into the to the to what you guys do. So do you have like – when you talk about like designing and like looking at materials, is it a combination of working with – say like material manufacturers do you have like mad scientists that are one of your 65 people here that are packaging engineers like how does that work yeah good question i think we probably we don't bring we have some packaging engineers who don't have like deep experience and maybe they had an undergrad experience in it but then went in somewhere else with their career but i think where we come in is more like functionally and ecologically what's needed and then okay. we like go out there and try to find what's out there that can meet it um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, we've got this padded mailer that I'm like, I love it's the padded mailer, but it's like the padded mailer that has the macerated newsprint. In yeah. It. A lot of customers don't love that. Not a lot. A small custom percentage of customers will like open it up and be like, Oh, I don't love the fact that it's like fuzzy, that like fuzzy paper comes out of it. So we've been like trying to work with anybody we can find with an expertise in this space that might have a better, but still recycled interior that, can create like a lighter and less messy experience for people. So that's an example of like, okay, it's on our radar, like something we can do better. On. Right. Um, it's not critical from a sustainability perspective, but we know some customers are asking for it. And then we go out there and we just try to find like, who are the experts who can support us in this space? Got it. Okay. Um, and then in ter- you kind of hinted a little bit at the, the customer base, I guess, but I would imagine that would have had to been a pretty exciting thing for yourself and for Kyle to look at when you're looking at the business, realizing, wow, we can, we can service the small Etsy shop. And then if we really do this well, we can also build this thing out so that we're servicing, you know, bigger customers as well. There's not a whole lot of companies that can really say that with confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say it would be a lie to pretend that we knew the second part when we, we bought the business. I think okay. it's fine in the back of our minds. But honestly, when we bought the business, it was like, you know, let's say we had a couple thousand customers at the time that ranged from like single person shops to like 10 person shops. And they were so fun. Like to work with them was super cool. We had like a, a couple in Colorado that we got to meet with and a lot of like a lot of people in interesting industries. And it was really fun. And I think because we started putting out a lot of content and talking to folks and there's a lot of word of mouth, we then 
and when the first larger brand started approaching us, it was like, oh yeah, we can serve you. And actually we can serve you better than anybody else can because I think we have a lot of faith in our sustainability knowledge and our packaging knowledge now. It, it like sort of happened by accident and it's been really fun. Okay, yeah. got it. And I think that happens with a lot of business, right? Where you uh, you get, what's the phrase? Like we make plans and God laughs at them. Like exactly. you kind of, you get exactly. into the business, you start you start doing the work, you start seeing the customer base and then, you know, there's so much and you certainly had more like, business school acumen than I do. Uh, that's not a knock on Colorado State University because it's the Harvard of the Rockies. <laughs> Go Rams. But, uh, you know, the there's like that, well, you've really got to focus on like, you know, what's your five-year plan, your 10-year plan. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure when I look at my own life, like 10 years ago, I was not thinking like, I want to host a packaging podcast, <laughs> you know, but I'm super glad that I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Because what I had chosen to focus on, this is what kind of put me on this journey was like, well, what kind of person am I going to be daily? Like, how am I going to show up? And then I'm just going to trust that whatever that is, is going to, is going to work out, you know? And so was it, was it sort of similar? Like you, you bought the business, you saw the opportunity, you started to grow, but you were committed to sustainability, obviously from your background. And then, you know, Kyle's wanting to get into kind of business ownership and seeing the opportunity, and then you just sort of iterated from there. Yeah, that's so well said. The like this idea that it sort of just happens if you sh if you bring yourself the right version of yourself or like an authentic version to your, of yourself to a situation, the right things will sort of happen. I guess in retrospect, I look at it. It's like we basically became people who said yes anytime something was like put in front of us that aligned with either was going to do right by our customers. Like we always, we have this term, like we need to be eco-allies to our customers like mm -hmm. we need to do right by them and then, and, or do right by the planet. And so like when, when opportunities came up that met those criteria, we just said yes. And it's yeah. like, that was, you know, four or five years ago. And now that's our business model. Um, you know, an example of that is Living Inc. Technologies and their Algae Inc. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I met Scott Fulbright who started this technology or like invented this technology with a classmate of his five years ago. And it was just an idea and he's talking to us, and he's in Colorado, and he's like, well, I'd just love to find somebody who can test this on a Flexa machine. And it's like, of course we will. Like, I don't know if this is going to work out, but it meets our sustainability criteria. I think our customers would love this. It took many years for us to, like, work together to get the formulation right, but you just right. have to say yes and then see what happens. Yeah, that's uh, – I think that's really great advice just in, just in general, right? Like, know who you are. Don't be afraid to fail. But say yes to the things that are – you know, kind of in your, in your principle and what, you know, quote, you know, I don't want to say genius zone, but I just read that in a book today, but cause that makes you, that makes people sound really important, but just like operating in that and then just continuing to say yes. And then realizing like some things you're going to fail at, some things you're not, are not going to work out, but be okay with that. Like there's a, a, a sales leader, I guess that I, I consume a lot of his content named Josh Braun. And he talks about like detaching from the outcome, like just get detached from like, is this, is it like, we're only satisfied if this works and like be satisfied in the process of innovation. And it's very stoic, stoicism, right? I, is it? I think it is. Okay. I've, I've consumed a lot of stoicism this year. Okay. Given what's going on around us in the world. And fair. That's fair. <laughs> embrace that mentality of like, you can only control who you are in the moment and how you act. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of failures. All right. All right. We'll go with it. <laughs> Um, so my, my last kind of couple questions here would be, 
what is so you like you kind of mentioned one thing the padded mailer like you know less fluffy <laughs> i don't know if that's the right word but are there is there something that's out there right now that if somebody was listening to this you'd be like please if you know about this thing like we're super interested in figuring this problem out and i don't i don't mean to say that like so that you can get hit up by a whole bunch of salespeople, but like like is there is there like an innovation that you can see and you're like, I just, but I don't know if anyone's doing it yet. Yeah, I, I would say we're pretty public about like our vision is like true recycling. Like that's the vision of circularity, which is right now most materials, particularly in the plastic world, get downcycled. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would say like anybody's out there who can really like get to a commercialized level of like, product becoming the product again Mm -hmm. so like i want a poly mailer all of our poly mailers are 100 percent that are 50 percent and hopefully over time 100 percent post-consumer they're made from milk jugs right they're made from htpe rigids i want them to be made from poly mailers and i think the technology exists but nobody's like willing to sit with us and like commercialize this and, and and make those investments it's pretty risky um so anytime like anybody who's interested in that type of like how do we actually go like material to material recycling because I think that's an important sort of long term of actually achieving a vision of circularity and then I think adhesives are like another if somebody's out there that's like I'm trying to innovate in adhesives and not just like surface level innovation on oh compostable adhesives but like true adhesives that are recycle compatible and work beautifully on recycled content recycled paper in particular mm-hmm. like two things I just love Honestly, if you're innovating at all and in, in anything that feels like it's taking packaging to like a higher level of circular, circularity, um, I would just, I'd love talking to folks like that. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that was a true nerd moment where you're like, and adhesives. Yeah. Squeeze in random that I think about all the time. But it's, I remember there's a, um, she was on my podcast. She was like our, my third or fourth episode. Um, just a, like a, she's a, she's just a super innovative engineer designer. Her name is Paulette Grams, and we'd work together. And I was in a in a meeting with her once, and she was just nerding out about label adhesives. And there was like eighty something different label adhesives, and she's just like, going, and I'm just taking notes, and I'm like, wow, you know a lot about label I adhesives. Need to talk to her. What's that? I need to talk to her. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'll connect you guys up. She's she's amazing. I'll make sure that I ha- that I make that happen. So. Oh, that's great. That's great to know. Um, it's, it's exciting because it feels like to me, even though you're at, you know, 65 employees, you got this beautiful place, you know, but you've got to feel like we're still just sort of at the beginning of this thing, right? Is that sort of the general sense of like, like we've arrived to a point where you're, you know, you, you've kind of made it, you've made it past four employees, right? But because of where you're sitting at this this cross section of e-commerce and sustainability and you've been at it for a while i got to imagine this is a this is this is going to it should be experiencing a, a fair amount of hopefully sustainable and manageable growth right like you don't just want to yeah i mean this probably isn't really the question you asked i would say like what's very exciting to me right now is that and this is probably true for everybody who's been in the e-commerce space like the last year and a half has been just so reactive that's right like COVID happened mm-hmm. like at first it was like eight weeks where we didn't we were like we're shutting our business down do we have to let people go like what are we going to do and then obviously like a big growth trajectory that we were just like struggling to keep up and sometimes we had to make 
you know, decisions. Sometimes we had to offer things that weren't like quite in our framework just to make sure we had packaging to right. give to somebody. And it's just like we were constantly reacting to supply chains and labor shortages. And it does feel like in the last six weeks, like we've come out the other side. And I'm very excited to go into 2022, like proactive. I'm here with a plan. The plan's not going to go according to plan at sure. all. But I'm just re I'm reinvigorated of like what we're trying to do at Eco and Close, not just responding to like external factors of growth. Right. No, that's that's a it's such a great point. And that certainly I think is still occurring in a lot of segments of packaging, no doubt. Um, that just kind of what you described, like it's it's hyper reactive and it's just almost like I don't want to say like I don't care, but like there's brands out there who are like, can you just get it to me? If you can get it to me by this day so I can ship my products out by, right. for the holidays, like I don't really care what it is. Right. I can't. I can't afford to care too much about all of this stuff. Um, so there's a couple of things that work to our advantage. We have a domestic, we work almost exclusively with like domestic manufacturing partners. Like there was a lot that we could ride out that we didn't have to deal with some of the other packaging woes mm-hmm. that a lot of folks out there did, but it was still tough. And now I think it's going to just, am I, am I going crazy? Like, of course some other thing is going to happen in 2022 no. that's unexpected, but it feels like we can start fresh and really start like in a, more in a focused attack, like proactive mode. Right. I think a natural sense of optimism is necessary <laughs> to get through a lot of what we've been through yeah. in the last in the last couple of years for sure. Um, and I think it has to be grounded optimism, right? It's not like right. you're not you're not like I don't know, just like looking all the way out there, like everything's going to be fine, like there won't be anything wrong. We'll never. But it's like I think we're we're getting off this get you know kind of getting off this train a little bit and yeah i think so we dusted off our 2020 strategic plan and i was like oh i still want to do all these things and yeah I get to them and i'm really excited to sort of reinvest in them that's great well how do people get in touch with i mean there's obviously eco and close.com yeah, they'll just email me okay saloni at eco and perfect l-o-n-i all right make sure I i'll love, uh, i love hearing from folks it's, it's probably my favorite part of my job and no, do you have like a pager number or <sighs> fact? I did say I was stuck in the 90s. No. <laughs> yes. I'm, trying, I'm just trying to think of my pager numeric messages to my girlfriends. <laughs> All right. No pager. Um, although like records came back, like LPs came back. So maybe, maybe the pagers will come back. I don't know. Or like the Razer flip phones are coming back too, but with the big screens. I Who knows? I think I might get a flip phone. Like an actual flip like phone? Like an old or like- school flip phone where I'm not getting into the news accidentally every time I turn my phone on. Yeah. So. Yeah. I did that. We can talk. Okay. It's <laughs> no. sounds like a really great idea until it's not, okay. but, uh, I mean, it could be, I'll just say that. I don't want, I don't want to dissuade you, but <laughs> we'll talk. Offline. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can talk offline. Well, uh, Saloni, it was awesome. Time went by super quick. I'm glad that this was my first in-person interview with the new, the new board. What was the, uh, let's see what one of these are. I think there's you got some applause. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be so annoying with this thing. I feel like that was worth the investment. Just, right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just to have the applause. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but thank you so much for inviting me in and thank showing you. me around Very and fun. coming on my podcast. It was great. Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.